Welcome to the Fitfiliate Podcast, where with honesty and transparency, we talk about all things fitness, coaching, and gym ownership, so that you can feel less crazy and frustrated and alone, while you also find more freedom and make more money. Welcome back to another episode of the Fitfiliate Podcast, joined by Chuck and Tony. How are you guys? Good. Fantastic. So good. good. Chuck's got good vibes happening behind him. That's a good thing. Um <laughs> In his uh, coffee shop today. So interesting um, topic today, gentlemen. I know we, we spoke about it briefly, but uh, I thought today I could be the subject of your, uh, I could throw the unknown and unknowable to you to throw back to me this week, I guess, um, and talk through the process of, you know, moving through the, the, the phases of closing an affiliate, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, chat. do you have questions that you would like to pose? Do you want us to pose questions to you, or do you just want it to be kind of like really free-form conversation? Yeah, well, yeah, if you guys have got questions that you think can start the free-form conversation, I don't have anything specifically that I want to ask you about the process, but just, I guess, given that it's, <laughs> you know, quite fresh, let's uh, let's see what unfolds. It's an interesting chance to have this documented in a permanent way. And it's something yep. that, like I really wish that I would have had at that stage while I was still navigating because I think it would be a cool thing to look back at and reflect on. Mm. Um, you know, for anybody that that is listening, that is like trying to figure out context of all of it, is that, you know, Tony and I had both previously sold our gyms prior to launching Fitfiliate and Lisa is in the process of selling out, parting out her gym to move into really what is a you know, a better way to capitalize on her skill set. And it's hard. Um, it's universally hard, at, at least in every in every case and circumstance that I've talked to of an affiliate owner that has then taken themselves to the other side of it. Navigating the transition is really awkward and very difficult for a whole host of reasons. Um, and so, you know, maybe like step one is just knowing, like, dude, you're not crazy for it to be a really difficult thing to navigate, even if very rationally, reasonably, and objectively, you know that it is the right answer for you to be in the next step of the journey. Yeah. That was really hard for me to deal with. Mm. And it's it's that um, you know in your head that where you're going to is is the right thing for you, and you know this has been a little bit disruptive process where it was selling, then it moved to closing rather than selling. But um, you kind of know where you're going to, but you've got to deal with the immediacy of you know the the, the bittersweet and mixed emotions that you have, and uh, and also the emotions of other people as well that, you know, have thought that this thing would be there forever kind of thing or until they chose to not use it anymore, I should phrase correctly. Well, and I think, like, that's, man, I kudos to you for, like, stating that the way that you did because that's something that I, I wish that I would have thought about. Maybe I've never really been thought about until you just said it. It's, like, beginning with the end in mind for any of those people that do have some amount of feels or emotion that they then turn back around on you, what would it be to, like, pose the question to them, like, really? Did you really think that you're still going to be coming here four or five days a week for 40 years? Did you really think that this was a permanent piece for either of us? 
what in life is perfect? Yeah. Very little. Yeah, and part of what I'd I'd said is that you know nothing nothing truly is forever. Um, I think one of the the quotes that you sent me that um, Chuck when I was sort of battling after I'd made the announcement was that you know um, autumn leaves that are are at their most beautiful, um, but they have to fall for better things to you know to grow through and come through. And I was like, oh yeah, that that really makes sense to me. Um, and it was. You know, I know that I needed, I had reached my capacity, I guess, of, you know, um, after seven and a half years of, you know, 60-hour weeks, day in, day out, and constantly give, 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 that you've, you've kind of tapped out a little bit and you've reached your capacity. And the only ways forward was to have someone come in with new energy, new ideas, new, you know, new focus, or... Um, you know, that would allow me to step back um, and pursue other things that filled my cup like this project and, uh, you know, coaching at higher levels or, you know, um, the affiliate not being there. And, and I know that we've had a relationship for just over two years now um, as business coaches and um, it's kind of like the process. We've, we've gradually been building towards this process. Now I look back reflecting where it's, you know, there are there are better things that you can or more important things that you can do. This is just a step in the process that taught you everything you need for this now next part of the journey. And it's a struggle to get to that point, but when you get there, you're like, oh, yeah, it'll be good not to do, you know, 5 a.m. or 6.30 p.m. or, you know, those sort of things. And, and <laughs> during this last week, oh, you sort of feel guilty for thinking that, but... And and being excited about the new, but yeah, it it's been an interesting process. <laughs> How funny is all the baggage and trauma and bullshit? Like, yeah, this is an interesting conversation of like you know the head and the heart, right? Because yep. even as you talk through it now, the way that you like recount the memories of the past and assign them to your present situation, like, just shut up. When was the last time you spent a sixty-hour week in the gym? Yeah, it's a long time. It wasn't until like you had the ability to like have a staff and have systems and processes and have accurate like good price points and like you got to a place of you know more abundance than scarcity mm. more free time than servitude like you know what we built the entire company around like the four freedoms like that's it you realize that the gym had given you access to varying degrees of freedom of time freedom of money freedom of purpose freedom of relationships and you're like huh I made it to the finish line mm. and this is not the finish line that I thought would be here. No. Yeah. I mean, I would have always thought that the finish line was continuing to do the thing. Um, and, and you're right. It's as you start to discover um, those four freedoms and start, I remember when I started working with you, I looked at those and I went, I had a very different, I guess, belief what I thought that they meant until I started to experience them. And I, staffed out the gym more and I went oh so I've got the freedom of you know time and and actively reducing the the time so I wasn't just busy but it was productive time and going okay you know what are you doing with that time and it's not just endlessly flogging yourself into the ground and being a martyr which we would were doing and having the ability to create income like that's a that's a decent pot of coffee Chuck um that's why this place is awesome <laughs> 
They do nice. a bottomless coffee and they'll bring more out to you. Which is why oh, last fair. night I couldn't go to sleep until I ate a bunch of Xanax and I was having like heart palpitations. Here <laughs> I am doing it again. Here he is loading up again. Um, yeah, and when I discovered that I had the ability just to create a service and create income, that was a that was a big thing. And then I've you know I transitioned on to creating a product which was completely and a business completely separate from the gym as well. It's like you've got that power to create things and, and to build relationships that are important and meaningful and not just hinged on the gym. So there was all those sort of things that as they came in piece by piece, you're like, oh, that changes your identity. As you know that I had my identity was tied very much to being a CrossFit coach and a CrossFit gym owner and, you know, changing those pieces of identity were probably the 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 – the larger constructs in in make getting to this point, which I, I never I never ever thought I would, you know, not be, you know, owning the gym. But I'm okay with that. Well, is it that you didn't think that there would ever be a point that you didn't own the gym, or that that same mental construct of like you just never even thought about what the end game was? Because really, did you think that at 85 you were still going to own and operate a CrossFit gym? Well, I think we used to joke that some of the, the members' kids would wind up buying it, you know, the babies. But um yeah, it's but I didn't have an I didn't have an uh uh I didn't know what the end game was because it's like, well if I don't do this, what am I gonna be doing? I didn't have that um that picture of what what else rather than and the only thing I had in my head was going back to a cubicle and a nine to five job and I'm like, I can't do that. I would be the world's worst well, it's employee. Not even like what else would I do? It's yeah, who am I? Yeah, and it was yeah. yeah if it was I don't for have me, this. like it wasn't an issue of what; it was an issue of who. <clears throat> so you know those sort of things you've got you've you know got to wrap your head around as well as you know um, being okay. I think um, on one of my coaching calls with you guys, um, I was explaining my reasons why I think you know we were going to head down this path, and Tony just said to me, "It's okay to say you don't want to do it anymore. That's okay." And I sort of had felt that that wasn't okay to go, well, I just don't want to do some of this stuff, you know, anymore and I don't want to do, be responsible for this stuff. And he's like, it's okay to say that because that's what it is. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. So, you know, identity is a powerful thing. Sorry? I mean, all of you guys, I said identity is a powerful thing. The reason why this episode I think is important is that you're certainly not an unrepresented demographic, right? I don't think that there's any shortage of people out there who are not or do not feel exactly like you feel. I mean, it's it's a conversation that I think compels the vast majority of the consults to get to us is that, you know, it's one of two things. Help me fix this or get me out of this, right? Uh, it, it's one or the other. And I think that for the affiliate owner, the reason this is valuable is that it's very hard to see beyond the scope of that identity that we've curated and you know created over the last however many years it is some you know decades even and you know that that identity is like being the best gym owner but when you step back from the identity and then you you look at it rather as a vehicle right like is the vehicle the best vehicle for me to accomplish my dreams And, and i think that for a good chunk of the affiliates especially the ones that have been around for a long time one of the things that they grapple with is, for sure, it's been harder than they thought. 
right? So like they have no shortage of uh, trials, tribulations, and trauma. There's also no shortage of learned experiences out of that, right? Like the skill set that is developed inside an affiliate, we've talked about this before, is unparalleled in pretty much any other small business that you create. So when you learn those lessons, and if you're even halfway aware of, of what you've learned over the, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever it is that you've owned the affiliate, you realize that like, I'm not thinking big enough more often than not, right? Like, it, you know, it, that's hard for a lot of affiliate owners to say, cause they're like, they know, I know that they feel that, but then they look at like the balance sheets and the bank accounts. They're like, well, who am I to say, right? Like this thing isn't even working. Like, why wouldn't I go there? But when posed the question of maybe it's, is it not working or is it not working because it's not your focus anymore, right? Mm. And that's really what ends up happening is that it's not fair to you and your future, nor is it fair to your clients and the people who are involved if it's not your primary focus. And after enough time, it shouldn't be because what ends up happening in every coach's journey is that that conversation moves from hyperfixation on joints and, and cellular structures to large scale lifestyle transitions and other things. And then you start to really learn that like, I don't want to talk about workouts anymore. I want to talk about bigger things. And like my skill set, coaching is infinitely applicable. And so mm -hmm. most people I think sit in the position that you're in where they're like, I don't think I'm thinking big enough. I don't know where to direct my attention, but I also feel very selfish because the thing that I should be putting my attention towards him isn't necessarily doing as well as it could, mm. but that's almost always, if not literally always, because you're not giving it attention because it's not your focus anymore. Right. So mm. it ends up becoming a host of conversations after that, which is, you know, the feelings, the emotions, the, the sadness and all those things, which you have to process. I mean, grief is grief. Right? Like it's, mm. it's, I mean, there's going to be a grieving process, no doubt about it. But identity is a powerful thing because it drives us forward in many situations. But in most cases, like yours, it tends to hold us back. Until mm. you realize that you can change your identity at any moment. Yeah, and that was a, a big piece of the learning, I guess, and, and trying to get my head around. And I know we sort of talked around it for... Um, many weeks on my calls is is about you know well why was that so why was it so important to hang on why why was I hanging on and you know where you know why was that such an important why did I attach onto that identity so much and working through some of that old stuff and the stories and the patterns and and things we tell ourselves to figure out why that was you know the case and and going okay well this is holding you back from you know you I began to see what the potential I had was and it's like well this vehicle is not gonna help me get to that potential and I think that's really yeah. hard for a lot of us to build a life and an identity around like being of service and being somebody who like does everything for the benefit of everyone else is initially at least for me like in the same conversation like there was a lot of like guilt and shame of like stepping away from it, like being the one mm. to close those relationships, especially for like a lot of the, you know, people that you're like, dude, this, their life is dependent on the success of this thing. Yep. Um, 
but what allowed me to process it in a better way that got me to lean in was like that conversation the head and the heart was like dude if my heart's not in this that is not yep. fair to any of these people i am mm. giving them a shitty version of what this could be and what it should be and so it's incredibly selfish of me to hang on to it in order for everybody to get under delivered because i no longer have the fucks that i had at the beginning yeah like tony it's like you know tony guided that conversation he's like it's okay to say you don't want to do it anymore Mm. like man i wish that somebody would have just phrased it that elegantly and basically to me just like hey dude it's okay to not want to do it and if you don't want to do it then that's not good for anybody oh oh yeah the worst thing that i can do is hang on to this as it slowly dies because deep down probably subconsciously i kind of want it to die because at least then i'm not the one that's killing mm. and and the this thing yeah. dies from neglect then i'm not the one that just like stabbed it to death yeah i didn't i didn't rip the cord and you know i spoke to another friend of mine who when i was first you know thinking about options and he had closed his affiliate and he just and he'd moved on to another project still in the fitness space but a completely different um, thing and he just said to his members, he goes, "I'm not the right person to take you forward on your journey, and you deserve, you know, to to do that." And I and I had spoken in those terms then to to my members in in the video, saying, you know, you know, it's time, you know, I'm not the person to take you on your next level up through this journey. We've, you know, come so far now. You know, you need to to hit your potential. You need um, a different direction, and that's someone else to take Wait. you. You back that. up for one second, real quick, because mm. I think it's important for all the listeners out here. Because this is also kind of sounding a little bit like a sorrowful conversation, um, mm. where it's like Lisa's getting airing her grievances. But will you, for one second, just tell the audience at least, so we can all be on the same page, um, where you're going and what you're doing now? Yep. Because closing the gym sounds like, oh, <laughs> you know, we lost this whole thing, like. You shut down the gym to move into a mindset coaching where you charge $5,000 a package. Yep. So, well, ultimately, like, isn't that what you solve for? Sorry, Chuck? Well, and, like, ultimately, like, isn't that really what you do transact for and hope for in the gym? It's like, dude, fitness is just the tool that creates the changes in mindset, belief, and behavior in order for people to have a new identity. And so maybe the answer wasn't Lisa having more people do squat therapy. It was cutting out all the extra noise and bullshit being like, hey, I know that you know that you should be better at squatting and that you should work on it and give a shit. That's Mm. probably where we need to focus our time, energy, and effort for both of our benefits. You can make more progress faster with less pain if you understand the root of why you're not doing the things that you already know that you need to do. You need to do. And, you know, that was, yeah, so I have transitioned to um, coaching in a more behavioural manner rather than a, you know, physical squats, presses, hips and shoulders. It's more about, um, so I developed a, a mindset course online and also one-on-one coaching, which I kind of stumbled into through just offering that as part of a nutrition package to members, go, oh, I'm really good at this and oh, I really like it. Um, developed a package and, yeah, uh, that is way more valuable than any um, package I would ever offer to anyone coming through the gym door, um, you know, 
$5,000 packages, which took me a long time to get my head around. And then plus now I also have the ability to have creative outlets in managing this podcast for you guys and, um, you know, coaching other affiliate owners to, you know, be their best and, you know, so that, that they're in the best position to help their members as well. So um, it's more a higher level coaching now rather than just, you know, having the same argument with uh, Johnny every week about why he's not, you know, loosening up his, his hips or his shoulders and stuff and it's just more it's, it's meaningful and more impactful. Definitely fills my cup more for sure as well as the bank balance. Well, it's, it's more value for you and for them because that is coaching at a higher level. Mm. You know, and so like what, you accomplish, what you accomplish in six weeks with people in your mindset coaching, how many years of thrusters and burpees have other people in your gym gone through and still not had the mindset change that you can now facilitate in a month and a half? Yeah. And, and, and Tony, you're right. It is about having that clear purpose. I think sometimes in the affiliate, you think your purpose is to help people squat better or move better or or lead longer lives. But, you know, I started to look at it um, differently in that where can I have the most impact on, on people's yeah. lives and have the most, you know, helping people be, change their mindset, change their perception, get rid of their their stuff um, or or learn how to, you know, manage that a bit better is far more impactful than, you know, can you do a perfect, you know, knees out squat and yeah, it's, it's, it's far serving more. Serving a purpose is serving a purpose, right? And that's, I think where it gets very confusing because of that identity conversation back to that root sort of limitation, right? Like it's not about the money, it's about purpose. And particularly when we decide to do this, all of us, the collectively, the affiliate community, et cetera, coaches, even L1s, L2s, like, we opted into a life of serving with purpose. And that really just means like doing everything you can to the best of your ability. There comes a point inevitably in any affiliate's journey where the limitations that are proposed by the identity of the affiliate stand in the way of your ability to serve with purpose, right? Like Mm. you can't have conversations about high level behavior modifications when people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah what about open workouts, right? Like inevitably they pull you back to those things. And and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that if your purpose pulls you to a higher calling and your skill set matches that calling, which yours did, and many other affiliate owners and coaches do, it is your job to lean into that skill set, right? And in a lot of ways, that skill set is not applicable when you have a room full of people, hundreds of them, who for all intents and purposes, not their fault, only care about their whiteboard scores and you need Mm. to move them to a higher level. It's better for someone else to step into your place and take that opportunity so you can move forward with your opportunity because inevitably in you staying with the gym and sticking around the gym, you would have had to still focus and fixate on gym level problems when you were trying to move into higher level purposeful problems. And, Mm. and so to move towards your goal meant that you could serve more with purpose and more people at scale. You also could inevitably make way more money doing it, but that's because you'll be able to provide more value, right? And serving with purpose is essentially that, your ability to provide value at scale. Mm. But most gym owners, affiliate owners, I think they tend to think of the affiliate as the destination, not as simply a part of the journey. Mm. And so they believe that they are tied to 
the long-term existence and identity that is staying with that affiliate, curating, crafting it. And maybe they are. Some don't move to a higher level purpose and that's absolutely okay. Those people mm. need to stay there because that's still part of their calling. But when, when the calling comes and you're called to serve, and at some point we're all called to serve, you don't get to say no. You can try as mm. much as you want, but you get very, very miserable. Life becomes, it becomes very, very loud the more you try to ignore it and deny it. Mm. Inevitably, it's going to call and it's going to keep calling and it's going to get louder and louder and louder. And I think that's the point that but I got to you're as well. Let me just be very clear on that. Mm. Just so we're clear on this whole call. <laughs> so not, Lisa's in a better place. Yep. That sounds like I've, <laughs> Lisa's, I'm not dead though. Um, it's not that better place. Um, it's, uh, a and piece I think of that, you, a piece of you had to die for another piece of you to like be born. Yeah. And that's, um, I guess the, it that's, um, you know, it took me, um, a while to get to that, that speaking of being called to serve is like, okay, you guys could see very clearly this was something I was good at and something that needed to be out there in the world and something that happened. And how long did we talk about it before I actually sat down and built the course and, and did it because every week it was like, hey, going with the course. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm putting it together. Hey, And there was always a reason why I wasn't doing it. Oh, I haven't set up this. I haven't set up that. And then eventually you're like, you need to do this. And I just sat down one weekend and did it and and realized the the power of, you know, what, I, what I'd just been sitting on and twiddling my thumbs for six months until you were like, you know, we had numerous conversations about so getting me to that point. Because now, now we can have real talk on it. Yeah. Up until that fateful weekend where you actually got it done, for those like six months where you're like, I'm working on it, how much work was actually accomplished before that long weekend? Uh, a few notes on a page and just dabbling in some videos and that was really about it. A lot of research. Like, I, I, not signed a lot of up, things. I signed up for a, an online course software, you know. Yep. Yep, I did. <laughs> and that was about it. And then I, you know, spent extra time learning that and figuring that out and going, oh, now I need... What's a product? What's a payment? And I just got stuck in the, as Tony would often say, chasing squirrels. You know, to, you know, doing the stuff that made me feel like I was moving it forward, but I actually really wasn't because I didn't believe, you know, in that. So yeah, it was a, it was a long process to get me to understand that um, this was something that you know, and be okay with doing something that made me feel good that was outside the, the affiliate and the identity I'd created I'm an affiliate I know who am I to be a life coach but then when you look around and go uh, that's what you're doing every day you know in in different ways but yeah it's it's changing that identity and that perception as well as then doing the work to to build that thing when you've spent so long building a sorry it's the paradox it's, a, it's when the paradox, paradox of success creates a limiting belief instead of an opportunity, right? Like, mm. And it happens to every single person, right? Like the, the, the high school student who goes to school to become an engineer and gets out of school and becomes the engineer, he's stuck at being an engineer, right? He's yep. going to likely advance that career. But more often than not, that same kid will also be at some point in his adult life faced with this notion that I don't really like this. I'd like to do more. Very few will call or take that calling and move towards it. The same mm. thing happens in the affiliate owner life, right? Imagine Lisa pre-affiliate. You were limited by your like, can I really do this? Like, who am I to open 
and be this gym owner and then you become the gym owner and then all of a sudden you're mm. stuck at that gym owner. So the bigger failure would have been staying right there at that current level of success and leaning into that limiting belief and not leaning into the new opportunity, which was following your purpose and following your new skill set. But many people are limited in their belief because they see their level of success as their, you know, their plateau. They don't, mm. they, they don't see it as just one part of the journey. For so many people, success becomes the true destination. And they're like, so I'm just done here? Yep. That doesn't really and, work, especially if your calling is to help other people. Which, to be honest, I did feel like for, for me, it's like, oh, well, I've made it now. I've opened an affiliate. This is uh, um, what I wanted to do. This is what I needed to do. Um, you know, this is something I've always wanted. So now I've opened the affiliate. Um, that's goal achieved. Like I've, this is tick. Now I've, I've got to the, the, the top of Everest. And you don't realize that it's really just base camp one if you think about <laughs> it. And that there's, there's much further and much more you can do. But um, I've always been somebody who's not been satisfied to be where I'm at. Like I remember all through my um, working life, you know, I was in a job and I was like, okay, what's the next thing? Whereas when I opened the affiliate, I tended, I, I was like, okay, this is the thing. Now there's no next thing. This is it. You are, you've got your gym, you've got your your tribe, you, you're coaching, you're changing lives. This is what more could you want? And didn't really give myself permission to think, like you said, thinking big about well, where can this lead now rather than this being not a vehicle but just the end point, this is the end of the line kind of thing, um, which is which is really when on reflection now it's that's really very limiting going, you know, as affiliate owners, even as coaches, you've got so much more potential to do so much, um, so many other things that have a purposeful impact rather than, you know, squats and burpees, that's where it all starts, but, you know, you can move on from that if you want to you know if right like if that is the thing that calls you like you know for sure there's plenty of people that we have on the roster that like have built fantastically successful gyms and like dude this is awesome Mm. i get to do a thing that i am deeply passionate about that i love like crazy with a team that you know i would be happy to hang out any day of the week and like drink beers and play games Mm. with and I have control of my work-life balance. You know, like, the affiliate can be an incredible, incredible, incredible opportunity and vehicle for creating freedom. But for a lot of people, it's not until they have that freedom that they have the ability to step back and analyze, like, well, what comes next? Mm. And it's... Because, like, you know, that's, that's the weird place to get to. It's like... It's even weirder to have all of the problems solved in a gym. Yeah. And then be like, oh, huh, I still have an itch that needs to be scratched. And like, that's not true for everybody. Some people no. have gyms and they're like, dude, all of my itches are scratched. And this is incredible. But you don't, at least in my view, you don't have the ability to accurately make that decision until you can get to a place of stability, until mm. you have a real foundation. Like that's, that's a lot of what the company is built around. It's like, you know, it's literally in the name. Affiliate. How do we get your affiliate to be fit enough for you to potentially conceptualize, like, you know, yep. regularly learn and play new sports applied to your own life, your own business, your own skill set, your own coaching? Yep. And it's, you know, I think people, like, 
one of my things was I perceived that if I didn't have the affiliate anymore, that was a failure. And I remember another powerful conversation we had is I think it was you, Chuck, who said, you know, what part of anything you've done in the last seven and a half years is a failure um, based on, you know, the lives you've changed, the impacts, you know, what you've learnt and grown. And if you look at metrics on a page, you might go, okay, well, that wasn't, you know, it's not, you know, multi-million dollar and it's not um, all those sort of things. But then what are the the real important metrics, the ones that aren't necessarily measured by, you know, dollars and cents kind of thing? Um, and once I changed my perception that I had failed, if I didn't keep the doors open, um, things changed really quickly for me around um, my thought process around not having that affiliate and, and being okay to move on to something else. And that's where I explored the option of selling, which um, was not um, viable uh, due to, you know, external circumstances. But, um, and and then going, yeah, but, okay, it's not selling, so what's the next step? Okay, it you know, it has to close. Like, that's, that's that because I can't do this thing anymore. You know, it's not worth it. You'd be half pregnant. No, and, you know, even even had I gone down the path of selling, I still would have had one foot in, one foot out. And, you know, whilst ever you're distracted by the data, even though I wouldn't have had ultimate responsibility, I know what I'm like. And while you're still distracted by those day-to-day things, then you, and because it's comfortable, you've known it, it's, it's easy rather than leaning into this other work to do, which is unknown. Um, uncomfortable and it's it's not doesn't feel as safe as going in unlocking the doors and putting up the roller doors every day for seven and a half years um so it's very easy to to revert back to that which you know why did I revert back to doing a free trial because it was safe and it felt you know um comfortable rather than you know being different to everybody else so it's the same same thing it was if I was still in there even partially that's what I was going to be doing and I didn't want to be you know, I knew that for me to succeed outside that, I really needed to go all in, which is what I did when I opened the affiliate. I didn't have a regular job. I went all in. Like, you know, every day I got up and I'm like, how do I not fuck this up? I need it to work. This is this is my retirement kind of thing. Um, and then once you change your perception about that, go, that doesn't have to be your retirement fund. It can be, you know, there are other things that you can be doing um, it, it is a bit of a game changer. And I know when I first came to you, I was, you know, I've got to keep keep the affiliate because I had nothing else. Like I didn't have anything else to look to or look forward to or even think about. It's like, well, I need this thing to work. And it's only when you get to that realisation that, okay, this thing is stopping me from fulfilling, you know, other potentials, then, okay, what? how do I need to, how do I solve that problem? Rather than well, like, you know, I, I will tell you that, like, I will give you some comfort and security in knowing that, like, even if it does work out completely well in the context of ownership, and I'll give, like, my perspective and Tony's, because in, in two different ways, like, we had both really reached, like, the pinnacle of gym ownership. Like, we, you know, we weren't hanging out at base camp like we'd summoned it. Like, I, I yeah. lived in Austin and our gym was in Sarasota. It's, you know thousands of miles i was involved in literally nothing Mm. and then like what's the point yeah and so like it's 
you know, maybe like that can give some people out there some peace if they're trying to like figure out like, well, do I have it in my head? Do I have it in my heart? Like, what is the next step? It's like, you need to get to a place where you've at least got enough stability to do the soul searching and figure out what's best, not just for yourself, but your coaches, your staff, your clients, your family. It's a decision that impacts a lot more in either direction, right? Like opening an affiliate, closing an affiliate, selling an affiliate. Like these are things that, man, that, that stone sends a lot of ripples yep. through a lot of water. And I think that like there are a lot of situations that are straight win-wins. Mm. Where like if you can get away from your own bullshit and like your own pieces of like the stories that you tell yourself, like you can be like, you know what, this really is best for everybody. Mm. And that's entirely a heart thing, right? Like yeah. in the head, you're like, wait, you had a business that you didn't have to do anything for and it still operated. People still signed up and money still showed us like, yeah, but what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess when I first had the affiliate, I used that as a distraction when we talk about what's best for, you know, you and your family and things like that. I really did work in it and on it relentlessly because I was using that to distract me from other things I perceived I had or didn't had or or didn't want to deal with in my life. And then when I went through a process of um, unpacking some of that stuff and then you find yourself in a different place in relationships and and in your life, you're like, oh, there's, I actually want to be home more and I want to be more present when I'm home and I want to be, you know, not stuck to my computer or stuck to my phone, you know, 24-7. You realise, oh, oh, these were things I was using, you know, the affiliate was a convenient cover to, you know, I can't do these things because I'm busy, but it's like, well, um, you didn't want to, if that makes sense. It's hard for people to understand. I mean, as humans, we can paint and portray our fears in like 8K detail. Yeah. But at best, as it applies to our dreams, it's like a three-year-old's finger painting, right? Like, mm. I'm not sure if that's a dog or a rhinoceros. Like, <laughs> and so and that that should tell everybody listening something, right? Like, Because I guarantee that's a reality for you. You can clearly yep. outlay and line out all your fears, failures, or, or potential fears and failures. When I ask you where you're going, I get a fuzzy picture at best. That should tell you what's guiding your journey. It's Mm. fear of failure more than it is drive for opportunity. And when you decide to become a coach, it's no longer being about a drive for motivation. It's you're driven by obligation. Mm. It's period. Like you don't have a choice. You have to help. And when somebody pays you and hires you and contracts with you, you stay, you stay until the job is done. But that also means that the people who don't pay you and the people you come across, they're also just as important to you because you can't just stop coaching. Right? You don't just pass an mm. innocent bystander. When you're presented with this opportunity or this awareness that somebody is struggling with their own limitations and they can't see their own opportunity, as a coach, you can't look away from that. As a trainer, you probably won't even notice it. But when you make that move and you make that ascension to becoming a coach, those things are everywhere and you won't stop until you have at least touched on or helped any one of those situations. Mm. Everything ends. Every business ends, whether we want it to or not. 
whether it be we built it to sell, we were in it, we were able to be acquired, merged, whatever that looks like. We were able to get out of it equitably. It doesn't really matter. All things must come to an end at some point, and potentially that endpoint may be for most of us listening to this, like the day you die, right? But then what happens? There's a lot of people in that gym who, well, they probably needed a bigger consideration. They're just like, I'm just going to hold this thing until I die. Maybe there's a better solution. Maybe there's a better vision. Maybe there's a better better mission. But you have to understand what your obligation is. And I think for a lot of people, they're, they're clinging to an identity that is, in fact, limiting their, their opportunity. And that's what they need to address more than anything. And I think um, it's that's a really good point because I remember when I first started being a trainer, I can walk through the shopping center and go, Mm, that person's going to have a knee issue. You just see hips, knees, shoulders. But now from working at this high level, I actually see other things and you're like, okay, we need and – you, and you're more confident to have those conversations with people going, okay, I can't let you not um, talk about this now and work through this, which is, you know, some of the conversations I had with you guys along this coaching journey is – you know, something would come up and you're like, oh, well, really glad you brought that up because we were about to, we saw it a few weeks ago and, you know, we were just waiting for you to get to your own timeline and or, or get to your own realisation. But if you didn't, we were going to bring it up because we couldn't let it go on without addressing it. And whether that be, you know, health or, you know, my identity stuff that you guys had seen very early on, you're like, mm, we're going to talk about this at some point. And as coaches, you see that other stuff that's, going on I was talking to you about coaches and rosters and you know members who are being dicks and and you're like mm, you're just not happy in your life right now you know and and you're not being authentic so those were other conversations that it led to and it's like oh okay so you know they're powerful conversations when you have a coach that who's willing to ask you those hard questions and and hold you to account Coaching transcends the training floor, full stop, yeah. right? I mean, there's no way around that. Coaching literally never ends. And so even without an affiliate, you don't just stop coaching because you don't have to write whiteboards anymore, right? For some, yeah. maybe leaving affiliate is like, I hated that. I'm never going to coach again. That's okay. I mean, sometimes we find ourselves accidentally in a possession of things that we probably should have never possessed in the first place. That's not the conversation that we're talking about here. We're talking about the coaches who are struggling with the identity, the gym owners who are struggling with the identity that I know I'm destined for something bigger. I'm very grateful for the time that I've had with the gym. I'm grateful for the lessons that I've learned through the gym. I'm grateful for the help that I was able to provide through the gym. I know there's a bigger conversation. And I know, unfortunately, the gym is a distraction from that conversation. These are the people that we're talking to. What is the next step for you? And you do need to, like Chuck said, get to a place of clarity so you can understand and you can step back and look at what you enjoy doing and how you can enjoy doing it. And most often you'll be presented with the reality that oof, the four walls are limiting me more than they're helping. And being, you know, okay with letting that go and for like last week when I did make the announcement to my members, all I did was feel, you know, there was a lot of emotion that came out like nothing nothing bad, just general, you know, people were sad or feeling a bit lost and feeling responsible. And someone said to me, 
it's up to us to be responsible now. You've taught us all the skills that we need to do to be to do these things. You've taught us, and now it's up to us to take care of of ourselves. And you can't be responsible for all of us and our choices and our, you know, what happens to us. That's that's not what this is about. And I thought that would that was a very helpful conversation to have and a and a helpful perspective is that, you know, you've spent seven and a half years doing what's best for us. Now it's time for you to do what's best for you and be okay with that. And it's all a journey. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I was I was lucky enough. I I was I'll consider it luck. I was microphones. I was lucky enough to come to that realization super early on. Had the journey, which is a big piece of what allowed me to manage things like people, you know, moving or running into like financial trouble. Just you know, any given reason that anybody cancels ever. Yeah. Cool. You're meant to move on. Like yeah. I've taught you the things that I needed to teach you. And like, if you're like, Hey, you know what? Like I don't really need or want a whole lot of coaching on my thrusters and snatches anymore. You know what? Like me and my wife have an awesome garage gym put together. And you know what? Like I have now problem solved nutrition for me for the rest of my life. I know exactly how to eat, to look, feel and perform the way I want to like, cool. Hmm. Then we're done here. And like, yeah, it's super unethical for me to hang on to you yeah. anyway and just collect dollars to not deliver more value to you. And like, oh, by the way, there's only so much space that exists in any given gym. Yeah. And that's probably like a thing that should be talked about more in the industry is like, what is the ascension plan for any of your clients long term? I mean, it's great to keep people long term, but what if you end up with capacity? And what yep. if you look up and you're like, man, I've got a gym full of really fit people. Awesome. Cool. I would never be buying that a gym had a whole bunch of fit people, but like, what about everybody else that exists outside yep. of the four walls there that can no longer be served? It's really yeah. important, I think, to like, to really look at in the lens of coaching, we want to do it at a high level, we want to do it well, the greatest possible way to create return on investment value for somebody is to teach them all of the lessons that like you have taken in yourself, distill them to them through like your own packaging, your own like version of like what the content is and how you communicate thoughts, ideas, analogies, metaphors, how you help them build better behaviors and beliefs. You're like, cool. I have dedicated my entire life to figuring this shit out for people like you to solve the types of problems that you have. Here you go. Do these things. You'll be good. Yeah. Like, Lisa will never need to go and join somebody's gym. Tony will never need to go and join somebody's gym. I will never need to go and join somebody's gym. I might, but it will never be based out of need. It would only yep. be based out of, like, just desire. And that's very, very different than, like, somebody coming in and they're like, hey, I need this. Because if I don't figure this out, I don't get to see my kids graduate high school. I don't get to walk with my daughter down the aisle. If I don't figure this out, I'm dead. Yeah. There's a lot more of those people a lot more of those people that need to be served. Hmm. And the goal, yeah, I think the goal really should be like framed for all of us in the industry is like, how do you teach people the lessons so that they can be self-reliant? Because like, dude, none of these relationships should exist forever hmm. in a transactional capacity. They can exist in a relationship of reciprocity, like because we decide that, like, hey, like, you know what? I, I choose to be in your life, you choose to be in my life, like because it is mutually beneficial and we're moving forward, but like I don't need to pay you to teach me how to snatch 
yet again. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, we've 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 got to that point. And that was a that was a big realization to me is like, you know, I've it's I guess even for a parent like, you know, you know, with um your young son Liam, like you wanna send him out in the world to to live his life and you will have taught him his foundations, but you know, he's gotta go and do his thing and it's not necessarily always being attached to you. So it's kind of like, you know, fly be free. Be I'm not there now. yet. <laughs> no, I know. I know. That's a, that's a long time away for you. But <laughs> I'm like, nah, man, you're, you want to do the failure to launch thing? You want to live here for the rest of your life? That's rad. Yeah. That's rad. <laughs> I would like to just hang out with you every day. I mean, yeah, like, but cool. you know that that's not what's best, right? Like that's yep. a super shitty, selfish thing. And I think well, like that's, that's probably the thing to really like look at is, you know, for the affiliate owners out there that feel like they're just hanging on because they have some weird obligation to like are you just really being super selfish yeah because it is to both yourself and to the members who you know should be you know soaring and challenging and not just going through the motions for sure but you know like you don't have the ability to believe in you know, play any of those mental exercises mm. out yeah. Until you're like not doing sixty hour weeks and not yeah. doing free trial and not like just, you know, having everybody churn out in three months. Like until you fix the basics and build a foundation, like you don't even have a a clear ability to step away and be like, Do I still love this thing and it doesn't love me? Or is like this just a big messy thing that I owe it to everybody, myself, my family, my clients, my staff, to like get under control, to turn into a business. Yeah. build some amount of like safety, stability, and security too, so that we can all have better decision-making ability. Because mm. when you are working 60-hour weeks and you are there from 5 in the morning to like 7 at night and you still don't know if all the bills are going to get paid, like everybody's like, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure I'm going to burn it down. Yeah, it's, like that's it's not a... the right answer. So like no. you, you owe it to yourself and everybody involved to like get it to a good place to be able to have those hard conversations in the mirror and in the dark with yourself about like, What's best for them? Mm. What's best for me? And where does this go? If I had a magic wand, what would I want? If I had a magic wand, would I want a yep. hundred thousand square foot gym with a whole bunch of sublease spaces for like chiropractors and physical therapists mm. and like all that? Because for some people, like that might be it. They're like, no, you know what? Like I love this thing and I want to double down and I want to play a better to higher level. Yeah. But there's also a whole lot of us. It's like, hey, the skill set that I've developed, the person that I've become the identity that I now either embody or am working to embody, like this is no longer the vehicle for anybody, but you yeah. can't make that decision when the whole thing is a dumpster fire. Yeah. And that's, that, that is very much the process where, you know, you've got to get the fire out and get, get things on an even keel where you can sit and make that decision. And I've said it a million times to, to people this week going, it's going to be okay. Everyone's going to be okay. Everyone will land exactly where they're meant to be, um, me included. And you know, in a in a even less than a couple of months, people will be like, <laughs> okay, like you know, um, it'll it'll even out, and everyone will go. This was, you know, um, as I said to the members, you know, don't be, don't cry because it's gone. Be happy for what that it was that existed and what it gave you, and then build on that. That's the best thing that you can do. And, you know, we're all going to be okay. And I guess that's my reflection and message that, you know, to other affiliate owners, it's like 
you know, I'm in the middle of the storm a little bit at the moment, so it still feels like everything's a bit up and down. But I, <laughs> I do know that everything will be okay because I know what's on the other side, and what's on the other side is Dude, worth this. You are only literally just beginning. <laughs> literally just beginning. All of you guys are actually that are listening yeah. to this. So start looking forward and stop looking backwards. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's a I good mean, like probably like that. Yeah. Good little that's, note to put a bow on that. Yeah, is. I was going to say, I was like, you know what? Like, and ended on that one. Yeah. Like, dude, you're, you're just getting started. And like, regardless where you're at, you know. Yep. Think further down the road than most of us have the ability to because of the present situations that we're constrained in. But if you step away from like where your thoughts, stories, beliefs, identity are tied to, and you're like, well, where do I want to be when I've got yep. great, great grandkids? Like, where would I want to be when I'm looking at the last couple of years of my life? Not like, I don't know what I want to do for the next 40 or 50. You know, like, yeah. You, you got a big story to tell. Don't be afraid to think about, well, what if? And understand where you're and to see something be good at something and not say oh that's just part of my job it's something that you could be passionate about and add even more value with so that's kind of it's not just as I described the mindset stuff earlier it's just something that I do it's like no dude this is this is something more powerful and being able to recognize that so um good chat well, today Mike, gentlemen I'm, I'm gonna put one other thing in that before you allow us to, to step away is there's also no permanence in whatever you do next. Yeah. You can always open another gym. And especially yes. if most people think about like the people that they were and the resources that they had, the complete <laughs> lack of like awareness and skills. Like yeah. the worst thing that happens is you put yourself right back into the thing that you're doing now in a much, much better way where you have way more success, a whole lot faster with way less bullshit. So like, yeah, you can always go back. You can always go back. That's for sure. All right. Well, it was fun being in the hot seat today, kind of. Um, but I think it's it's good to it's good to share this evolution. So thank you, gentlemen, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Fitfiliate Podcast. If this was helpful to you and you would like to jump on a one-hour call to solve one problem for free, click the link.